Welcome to Bedhampton Church. Contact us at www.bedhampton.church. But for now, let's continue that journey with this input. Well, we're coming to the end of the Lent series uh, that we've had, where we've been looking at further at the practices of Jesus. Silence and solitude was how we began. We looked at that, how Jesus used silence and solitude and how we might. And then Polly, of course, looked at Sabbath, taking time to celebrate life with God one day a week, whether that's a Sunday or whatever day it is that you find you don't work. I suspect that uh, mothers may tell me there isn't a day like that, but anyway. And then, of course, last week I looked at simplicity, how we simplify our possessions and our diary um, so that we don't spend our entire life worrying and instead make the main thing the main thing. It's been an interesting journey through Lent with looking at these practices of Jesus and how he prioritised them in his life. Interesting, but so what? So what if it's interesting? I wonder if we've any of us have actually changed anything in our lives. Perhaps the series has passed you by and you can barely remember any of the practices of Jesus. Or maybe you've only managed to make one or two of the services and you've not entirely understood what is going on. Let's be honest with one another. How much of the sermon do we remember when we go home? How much of any sermon do we remember from our whole lives. You think I don't know that, don't you? But how much? Studies actually do show that we only remember 5 to 10% of what is spoken. 5 to 10%. Apparently after uh, two minutes, you lose 40% of it. After half a day, 60% is gone. And after a week, 90% is gone. You may think you're above average, maybe, I don't know. But <laughs> uh, believe it or not, Jesus had something to say about this, uh, as we've just heard. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. But anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And I guess you know the rest of the story, don't you? So if we really want to grow in Jesus, if our desire is to put Jesus first and grow in him, and yet we seem to have been made with the inability to actually remember anything, how can we take this teaching from Lent and rather than just forget it all and have it pass us by, how can we make it impact our lives? Well, Jesus again, as we heard earlier on, has words to say about this. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit, much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing, he says. And then 2,000 years later, the prophet Simon and the prophet Garfunkel said, slow down, you're moving too fast, you've got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones, looking for fun and feeling groovy. Slow down. By the way, I've just 
been singing that song all week since I wrote those lines. <laughs> but the key bit is slow down, isn't it? Slow down. And if you look at what we've been looking at over Lent, it's all been pointing towards that. It's all been geared up about slowing down. Silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity are all about changing our lives so that there are gaps in it for Jesus. Now, you may be akin to me and my personality and run around all over the place. Or you may think, actually, if I slow down anymore, I'm going to be at a standstill. But we're not really talking about physically slowing down, are we? Although that may be part of it. On the other hand, you might be sitting there thinking, hold on a minute, Max, I've been following Jesus more years than you've been on this planet. If I haven't got it by now, there's no hope for me. And yet, Jesus said these words to his disciples. If you remain in him and him, his words remain in you, you will bear much fruit, showing yourself to be his disciples. He was talking to men who had grown up going to church, temple, every week, probably more than once a week. And not only that, for the last couple of years, they've been following him around as well. And yet he felt the need to say that to them. So we're not speaking of physically just slowing down, but slowing our minds and our spirits down enough to allow God's spirit in and to change us. Do you remember Elijah from the Old Testament? Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks. He's looking for God. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the foot of the cave. And then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah needed to slow down. We slow down in silence and we slow down in Sabbath. We slow down in simplicity, not for the sake of a good idea from the rector or someone else's book, but actually because it appears that God has built us this way, that we need to slow down to let him in. Okay then, so how do we implement this then? How do we actually, as I said earlier on, take this away and change our lives? Well, let me quickly finish by talking to you about a rule of life. If you've never heard of it before, and I'm sure many of you have, but if you've never heard of it before, you might want to think about it as a rhythm of life, the pattern of your life. This is an ancient Christian uh, practice, so it's not something I'm inventing. It's not something that John Mark Comer invented or Dallas Willard or anyone else. It's a framework of which to hang our faith upon. So you might take, for example, some of the practices, and if you've missed any of them, they're all on the website. You might take some of the practices that we've been talking about during Lent and choose to put them in different parts of your life. Maybe some daily, some weekly, some monthly or even annually. Not because I've got this sorted, as you know I haven't, but 
I'll give you some examples in my rule of life. So I choose to take some silence and solitude, some scripture in my life every day, amongst other things. Then I choose to take a Sabbath every Friday for me. This is a work in practice. I'm not very good at this, taking time off just to be with God and family. But I'm a whole lot better than I was, and I'm a whole lot better because it's part of the rule of my life. Then once a month I take, and again I'm not great at this, but I try and take a day out just to read and be with God in my reading. Once a year I seek to go on some fashion of pilgrimage, whether it's in the Lake District, uh, whether it's on the Camino, just some time to take an extended period to be with God and with God's people. Just some examples from my rule of life, and as I've said, I've no way have I got this wrapped up at this point. I suspect I'll be journeying with this for the rest of my life. But I do want to encourage you to pick up this ancient practice of creating a rule of life. Now, if you read the news sheet this week, you, also, you have heard me say, actually, I, I like a good rule. My personality is actually, I quite like boundaries. And as I suggested, Susie, my wife, doesn't. <laughs> no surprise to you, I suspect. She doesn't like the word rule either very much. So uh, you might, as I said, you might want to think of it as rhythm, a rhythm of life. But also, can't we just be mature enough as well with this to say, actually, whatever it's called, if it's going to take me towards this life to the full that Jesus spoke of, then surely it's worth investigating as mature Christians. Certainly, even Susie and I, with our different personalities, have found that we have both been able to say yes to that. It is worth it. And so I'm just going to leave you as adult followers of Jesus to make your own decision about that. If you decide to say yes then um, I'd encourage you to email or to speak to Deb or phone Deb in the office and ask her to print out a copy of the workbook Developing the Rule of Life for you. She can print out uh, this workbook from Practice in the Way website. Of course, you could always go home and Google Practice in the Way Developing a you know, Rule of Life workbook and you'll find it yourself. But Deb will print one out for you if you ask her. And I'd encourage you to do that and work through it and work out if there's something of God in there for you. The decision, of course, my friends, as ever, is down to you. You have been listening to Bedhampton Church. Our prayer is that this helps you journey with Jesus and serve your community by sharing God's love and friendship. Subscribe and join us for more discussion at www.bedhampton.church All material creative commons copyright. Contact us for more details.